This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off. Winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive. This game is over. Goodbye baseball. Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, Seattle Mariners Baseball Podcast. Thanks for being here again. We have a fun one for you in store today as we get ready for what should be a very fun, entertaining, and very intriguing Weekend as the Mariners get set to take on the Blue Jays in a three-game weekend series. So we'll talk about that coming up. It's a very interesting series for a lot of reasons. We'll touch on that coming up in a few minutes. Also, Kyle Seeger continues to surge. Shannon Dreyer, a great conversation with Kyle as he kind of breaks down what the difference has been for him. I mean, you look at it coming into the games last night. The last 30 days, the last month, he's had the second-best WRC Plus in baseball. He has been one of the best hitters in the game. The past. He touches on you know, what exactly happened, what's made the difference, so a very good conversation coming up. We're also going to hear from Austin Shenton, a name you might know. Shenton was a draft pick of the Seattle Mariners, grew up in Bellingham, and he's having a great start to his minor league career so we had a chance to catch up with him as he talks about growing up as a Mariners fan and what's led to his success so far this season so that will come up in a few minutes as well first we'll touch on what was an excellent road trip for the Mariners taking two of three from Detroit taking two of three from the Blue Jays and then nearly sweeping the Rays but getting two of three from the Rays and Really, it's been three guys. Offensively, the Mariners are very good on this trip, bashing 20 home runs in nine games. Three guys in particular carrying the load for the M's. Tom Murphy has just continued to bash the ball. The 2-1 pitch. Fastball swing on driving deep to left field. Looking up is Kiermaier. Into the seats it goes. A two-run homer for Tom Murphy. And the Murph has given the Mariners a 6-4 lead. Here in the sixth inning, how about that? Four games, four home runs. This guy's beyond hot. A big home run right there for Murphy. That is exactly right. Beyond hot. Nola, another, and, of course, Kyle Seeger. Castillo looks in, delivers. Swing and a fly ball deep to right field. Looking up is Meadows, and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball. Underneath the Rays' vision. Way out of here to right field. Kyle Seager with his 17th home run of the year. Way out to right, giving the Mariners a 2-0 lead and extending his hitting streak to 14 games. There it was. Mariners take game one, 9-3. Game two, 7-4. So piling on the offense on the Rays. And it's a big series for the Rays trying to keep pace with uh, playoff contention. 
But going into the final game of the series, the Mariners in position to try and get a sweep, and that was a very exciting day for a number of reasons. Jake Fraley making his major league debut in that final game of the series. And the pitch to Sogard, swing and a fly ball into shallow left center field. Fraley coming on in a hurry, dives, and he makes the catch! Holy smokes, what a catch by the kid in shallow left center field in his major league debut. Jake Fraley flying in, diving for the ball, and robs Eric Sogard for the final out here in the bottom of the eighth inning. What a catch by Fraley. Welcome to the big leagues. We'll see him bat in the top of the ninth inning. He would bat in the top of the ninth inning, and he'd be part of the Mariners coming back in the ninth and taking the lead over the Rays. And the right-handers 2-2 to Malik. Swing and a well-hit ball down the right field line. Fair ball in toward the corner. Here comes Fraley. Here comes Gordon Ronnie third. He'll score. Malik's Ronnie second. Heading for third. The throw-in cut off. Relay to third by Sogard. Not in time. Malik Smith with a head-first slide into third. Safe with a one-out, two-run triple. And the Mariners have the lead. Six to five over the Rays here in the top of the ninth inning. Smith coming through in the clutch. Pretty great stuff right there as it looked like at that moment. The Mariners would have a great chance to sweep the Rays in St. Petersburg. It wouldn't happen, though. The Rays would come back in the ninth, and they would claim the final game of the series. But the Mariners do take two of three. And so off day yesterday on Thursday after the long flight home, a short homestand, but should be a very fun homestand. Three against the Jays, three against the Yankees. And this one is going to be interesting for all kinds of reasons. One is Jake Fraley. He is with the Mariners now. We're going to see him for sure. Blue Jays, a very interesting team as well with their young talent. Mariners just saw them last weekend. But with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Bichette and Biggio, so they'll be on the way, although kind of a schedule advantage for the Mariners in that off day yesterday. Blue Jays were actually in action last night against the Dodgers, so they had to fly up after the game. So kind of a late night for the Blue Jays before getting into town. Now, tonight is going to be interesting, of course. Justice Sheffield will get the call for the Mariners in game one of the series, so it'll be great to see him back. And then... Felix Hernandez will get the start in game two on Saturday against Toronto. And we all know with Felix Hernandez going on Saturday, his first start in a long time. And getting to the point now, September on the horizon, how many starts will Felix have left this year for the Mariners? And are these the last starts we'll see from Felix Hernandez in a Mariners uniform? In my opinion, the best starter in Mariners history. Go down the list of everything he has done, and it's incredible. And this could be it. This could be one of the last times that we see him in a Mariners uniform, especially at home. So it's going to be a big night at T-Mobile Park, 6-10 on Saturday, 7-10 Friday, and then 1-10 on Sunday before the Yankees come in for three. We'll talk more about that next weekend, but... This should be a very fun and entertaining weekend, and you know there's going to be a lot of Blue Jay fans as well. Should be a ton of people. Should be a great atmosphere, and hopefully we'll see some great baseball along the way. We'll definitely talk about everything that happens coming up on the podcast next week. Right now, though, we're going to get some fun stuff. Kyle Seeger has just been scorching, as we've talked about. 
Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with the Mariners' third baseman. Shannon Dreyer in the dugout here in Tampa, catching up with Kyle Seeger. And, Kyle, before we get to everything that's been going on with you of late, I really want to talk about what you saw. You had a great seat yesterday to watch what Yusei Kikuchi was doing out on the hill. What jumped out at you about his performance? Um, his tempo was completely different. It was, um, you know, he was attacking guys. He had guys defensive the whole time. You know, from the first bat of the game, he was he was on the mound, on the rubber, and he was attacking. It was you know, the stuff stuff looked like it was more, you know, sharp, a little bit more electric. Um, you know, the radar gun didn't say he was throwing any harder necessarily, but it was uh, it was much more crisp. And when, when you get guys, you know, that are going to be a little bit more defensive because you're pushing the tempo on them, you know, that definitely makes a difference. How much of a surprise was that when you came out and saw that? And all of a sudden, whoa, this is going. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was uh, it's great. It's great to play behind, you know, especially playing defense if, you know, when guys take a long time in between, pitches and you know you're kind of standing on defense for a long time it's easy to get flat it's easy to kind of you know sit back on your heels a little bit so when guys are going right at everybody and attacking them and there's you know momentum's on your side and you know even if he's giving up hits it doesn't matter he stays in attack mode and now he didn't give up very many hits yesterday but you know even even if he did it's still it's it's a really really good thing Results aside, how important is it for a player who's making the adjustments that he's been making to see that, hey, this is what I look like if I do this, this, and this? Yeah, it's a um, <clears throat> this is a tough game. You know, there's no there's no denying that it's a, it's a tough game, and you know, I think we uh, we assume just because he had a lot of success in Japan that you know it, it translates over, and you know, there's a big adjustments that he had to make this year that you know we kind of can forget about sometimes. I mean. You know, there's a lot of things personally going on in his life that he's had some, you know, big things happen this year. You know, you're coming to a completely different country. You're pitching to all new people. You don't know anybody's name on the team. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of things going on where, you know, we can sometimes take that for granted. And, you know, he's been awesome in the in the clubhouse. You know, he's a guy that, you know, you can tell he's trying to learn English. He's trying to interact with guys. So, I mean, you know, anytime you get a guy that works and cares like he does and, you know, you're always rooting for him, and, you know, it was it's just awesome to see him, you know, have a game where kind of everything came together for him and, you know, give him something really, really good to build on. It was a really nice day yesterday, it looked like, for everyone. I have to talk about the Mariners in a show every single day, and I finally told them today, just don't ask me anything more about Kyle Seeger. I think this is who Kyle is now, and I'm tired of talking about him. Um, you've been doing so many good things for so long. Uh, you talked a little bit about the pinpoint and just making the realization that, wait, why did I switch things up if I was working toward being able to do everything that I could do before? When did that you come to that realization? Um, I guess it was, uh, it was about a month ago. I did a lot of things this winter to clean up my body so that, you know, my swing would work. I lost a lot of flexibility where I wasn't able to do the things that I had been able to do. So that was the whole goal this winter, and, and I accomplished that goal, but... In doing so, like I kind of, you you know what good positions are in and what bad positions are, and I kind of just tried to preset a lot of good positions instead of letting it happen the way they had in the past. And you know, there's there was some flaws in my reasoning. I found out pretty quickly. So it, um, you know, something that you know me and Lake had been working on for you know a little while, trying to get back into those positions, and then. You know, it was about a month ago we were just going through the old film and looking at the positions I used to get into and how I would get there, and it, it kind of just clicked that there was, you know, it was a pretty dumb move on my part to, 
to switch things up in that sense. So it was, you know, it was a self-inflicted, uh, you know, self-inflicted there. So, but you know, we'll made the adjustment and you know continue to move forward. Do you feel like you did like three, four, five years ago at the plate? Um, you know, I, I, it's it's hard to say that because I've always been a guy that was looking for something more. Even if it was going well, I always thought that. You know, there was there was things that I could be doing better or should be doing better. You know, maybe I was, you know, hitting for, you know, some power, but I wasn't able to keep the ball out of the air to left field. So in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I'm still, you know, not maximizing what I should be doing here. So, and there was other times, like when I first came up, where I could hit the ball the other way, but I didn't hit for any power. So there's got to be, you know, a middle ground here. So I, right now, I feel probably about as good as I felt, honestly. Just because I'm able to hit the ball the other way, I'm able to get like your hits and your singles the other way, but I'm also able to drive the ball a little bit more than I've ever been able to, and I haven't, you know, sacrificed anything to the, the pull side. So, you know, I and that's a lot of that is a credit to to Laker and everything. You know, I, you know, took care of the the physical aspects of it that I was having problems with, but you know, he he's so good at this stuff that he's opened up a lot of the mechanical things that I didn't, you know, know about. Was there ever a time, because you, we always know that you can go to right, and right now we're seeing on the ground to left, we're seeing a little in the air to left, but you like on the ground to left, we're seeing more up the middle. Did you ever get to a point where you're like, maybe I just sell out and just go all to right field and, and be that guy? Um, this year or in the past? In the past. Last year, that's all I did. Last year, that's all I could do. I, I had some, you know, some physical things that were lingering that, you know, were, were hurting me that I wasn't able to stay in my legs and actually drive the ball, so... I mean, I knew going into the game that I wasn't able to do anything the other way, that I couldn't sit on my backside and with my toe and everything, I couldn't sit on my backside and drive, which is what you would want to do. So I just had to get off my backside as quick as possible because it, you know, hurt more or less. But, you know, it, um, so I knew going into the game that my only chance to, to help the team at all was maybe I catch a ball out in front and, you know, do some damage to the pull side. So, it's a, uh, it's it's not where you want to be, and it's not a good, you know, a good place to be in. So that, um, but that's kind of, I was the cards I was dealt with last year, and you know, I was part of the reason for the big adjustment this winter. Well, that's injury driven, so that doesn't quite count. So it's good to see you doing all of the other things. So when you're at the plate right now, what is most gratifying for for you? Um, getting getting the hits the other way. That, that's, that's what's been the best for me. You know, being able to take walks, which have been good. You know, you, you get a lot, you can see the ball a lot deeper if you don't have to catch everything out in front trying to pull it. So, you know, you can let the ball travel a lot more. I think, um, you know, last series, for example, like, hit, you know, the, the two home runs to the pull side, those are great. But I think those are the first I bat of the series through a good fastball that kind of beat me and hit a line drive base hit for the other way. I think those, those are... Obviously, homers are great, and homers, everybody likes homers, and I love homers as much as the next guy. But when you can get beat and your path is good enough where you can still hit balls the other way, that's those are the most you know, rewarding thing for me. Well, we're definitely seeing that. One last one for you. Why does Austin Nola keep running into you? I don't know. I don't know. I, we asked him that question on that little chat, and he, he said it was a football thing, but honestly, he stole that from me. So. He didn't think of that until I said it to him. So he, uh, I don't know. He's, he needs to stop doing it, though. I can only ice my neck so much before he start putting me on the DL again. Maybe he's confused. He's spending too much time on the right side of the field. I don't know. He's been playing all over, so I guess maybe he thinks he has to catch every ball all over the place. So 
been playing, you know, everywhere in the infield and the outfield. So I guess he gets confused where he is sometimes and just figured every ball is his. One mark against him. I guess we'll have to live with it. You'll have to live with it. Thanks, Kyle. Hopefully I can live with it. I don't know. We'll see. And another third baseman, this one in the Mariners system. How about a conversation with Austin Shenton? Well, Austin, it is great to catch up with you. It's amazing to look at just the past year alone for you, all the success in college, getting drafted high, already two organizations in pro ball after uh, getting called up. What has this year been like for you? How do you describe everything you've been through in this past year? Um, I think it's just been kind of a whirlwind. I mean, to look at where I was a year ago, um, just coming off the Cape Cod League Championship to now, it's it's crazy how baseball moves you moves you along pretty quickly. And you know, it's uh, it's just it's surreal to be playing for the team I I grew up watching and loving and rooting for. So it's it's been awesome. How big of a Mariners fan were you growing up? I was a pretty huge Mariners fan. I was I was pretty committed. I mean, I still am, obviously, but I was, you know, from the time I was probably four or five, my parents would have the, the games on TV. I'd be cheering on Ichiro, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., um, all those guys, Edgar. Those are, the, those are the older Mariners. And then, you know, then King Felix, he was kind of my idol as I was, you know, 10 to, you know, 16, so... You know, I've I've been through it all. I've been through all the ups and the many downs as a Mariners fan. So after your journey, did it mean even more that it was the Mariners that made that call when you were picked? Yeah, I think I think it meant I think it meant a little bit more. It was it meant that I could you know start my pro career an hour from home, and mm. um, I think that meant that meant a lot for for my parents to be able to see me a little bit more after being 3,500 miles away in college. So to be close to home and to play for the team that I grew up rooting for, I think it, it all, the chips kind of fell into place, and it was awesome. It's an amazing journey to look at from high school and then Bellevue College. So I know some disappointments along the way. You you weren't picked at one point and then, you know, picked in the later rounds and then molding yourself into a hitter where you'd be picked so high that the Mariners took you when they did. What made the difference for you during those years getting to the point where you'd be picked this high? Well, I think it was just maturing and becoming a better overall baseball player. I think I, I think I always had the hit tool. I always had the kind of the raw power, but just molding myself into a better, complete baseball player and becoming a little bit more in shape and stronger, and you know, just just maturing as I as I grew, maturing physically, especially as I grew up. You weren't in Everett very long, as you mentioned. You started your pro career. What has your first taste of pro ball been like? It's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, pro pro ball is a grind. So every day we're we're battling, trying to compete, and it's it's tough. I mean, you're facing guys that are trying to make it to the big leagues, guys that are you know trying to get that get the get one of the best jobs I think in the world, playing professional baseball uh, at the highest level. So. Um, you're fighting for that. You're competing against all this talent, so it's just a grind, and it's it's tough. But you just gotta get up every day and the clean slate, and try 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 your best to perform, and you know help the team win. For someone who has never seen you play, how would you describe yourself as a player? Uh, as a player, I think I'm I'm a guy that's that can make 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 plays in the infield, and also I I think I at the plate I have confidence and. You know, I've, I have a pretty easy swing, and um, I just try to just 
try to spray the whole field. I try to try to compete in the box and just spray the whole field and be big in big moments, just like with runners in scoring position. I, I want to get the guy in. I, I want to produce runs. I want to, you know, come up in big moments. So I think that's kind of what I, what I kind of pride myself on is making plays and coming up in big moments in the uh, at the plate. Growing up, did you think pro ball was always a possibility? Not really. Uh, I, I just thought I was good for where I was around um, in Whatcom County. I just thought I was good for, you know, a little Bellingham kid. <laughs> um, so, I, so when I was 14, I started going to these tournaments, and I started realizing I was I was decent for, you know, kind of the region. And then um, kind of just started realizing I was a little bit better than I thought it was. Started getting a little bit of recognition, and then I was like, maybe pro career in this is, you know, kind of in the works. So I just continued to work hard, and I always I always worked to play pro ball. I was I worked hard um, my entire life to do it, but never really thought it was going to happen until I got a little bit older. I've heard you're quite a cook. Is that true? Is that a, a true reputation? Yeah, no, I actually I, I, at Bellevue College I cooked just about every meal that entire year and wow. just really dove into recipes, dove into different cookbooks, and you know I, I went paleo, so I had to figure out how to make paleo fish and shit like just random stuff make paleo casseroles or it was just it was interesting make paleo cookie bars mm. it was, so it was, it was a lot of fun just you know be able to learn a lot of different things and how to cook and then i started i was actually pretty good at it so then uh then i started cooking for some of my friends when they come over and uh i, I love it i actually i absolutely love cooking is it tough to maintain that, like on the road, for example, when you're in West Virginia and gone for 10, 11, 12 days? Is it tough to keep that going? Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's impossible, but it's it gets it gets difficult, especially uh, during like a long season, just to maintain it. So I just I try to eat healthy when I can, but yeah. I'm not too crazy worried about it. When you know, I've I'd rather you know just get some sort of food in me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know how that goes. You have a wide range of interests, including photography as well. And I guess growing up in the Pacific Northwest is about as good as it gets for that hobby as well, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you can, I mean, I can drive an hour and be at Mount Baker, you know, one of the prettiest yeah. little, you know, mountain ranges, Artist Point. And then I, I can drive 15 minutes beyond, actually 10 minutes beyond the, you know Puget Sound. Go out to the go out to the San Juans. You know, it's, mm. it's go to the Olympic Peninsula. It's just we got so many different places. The Cascades. It's 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 amazing. Are you going to be able to spend any time at home this winter, or what are your plans this winter going to be? So my plans. I guess I'll go home for a few weeks, and then I'm going to HPC mm. in October. So high performance camp in Arizona at the Peoria complex. So I'll be there for about, I think seven weeks and then, then come back home and just kind of not relax, maybe play some winter golf and <laughs> just work hard and work hard and, you know, go take some photos and have a good time with my family and friends. That sounds like a great plan. Austin has been really great to catch up for a few minutes. We we've watched you from afar this year and it's been a lot of fun. You've had a great season. It's been fun to watch and thanks so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it, too. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 